The pandemic caused quite a few things to shut down or get behind. With physical distancing in mind, the court system also felt the impacts. On this episode, hear from Johnson County's district attorney about how the court is catching back up. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. The Johnson County judicial system kept moving through the pandemic, but it was faced with some serious challenges. When you think of a courtroom, not exactly the ideal place for COVID safety precautions. Here to talk more about that and how the court is catching back up as things seem to be starting to get back to normal, we have with us Johnson County District Attorney Steve Howe. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, just to start off with, tell us a little bit about some of the impacts that you all felt. Over about an 18-month period, um, we had basically a substantial shutdown of the court system. We were lucky here in Johnson County in that uh, we had enough uh, technology that we could still do some of the basic services like first appearances and also being able to take pleas and sentencings and move cases along. And in fact, uh, Based on the work done in combination with the courts and our justice information management system, we were able to do over 50,000 hearings during the pandemic virtually. Um, and that allowed us to get a lot of the little things taken care of and, and really help mitigate the amount of backlog that we have. The pandemic was also kind of happening as the courthouse was was opening up the new courthouse. And so you had a lot thrown at you all at once, but it's amazing that you were able to to do that much. So so can you talk a little bit more about what happened with the cases that weren't able to to move forward? Fortunately, uh, the Kansas legislature, the attorney general's office, the Kansas County and District Attorneys Association, and the Kansas Supreme Court all recognized that we had a major problem on our hands because our constitution does not anticipate that we're gonna have a pandemic that shuts down society for extended period of time. And in this instance, Kansas uh, has a statutory speedy trial that actually has an arbitrary number. It says you have to try somebody within so many days where the constitution of the United States is more of a broad constitutional concept that it has to be done in a timely manner. And because there was an arbitrary number of days, we told them there's no way we're gonna accomplish this when we can't bring people in to be jurors. And so they passed laws and the Supreme Court was able through those laws to stay the statutory speedy trial and basically uh, put up a road, roadblock of stop sign as we went through that process. And without that, we would have had a lot of very dangerous criminals been able to walk out the jailhouse door because we would not have been able to affect justice. So uh, a lot of people had a lot of big roles in making sure that we keep our community safe and also to make sure that we still accomplish justice. Maybe not immediately, but it allows us to have time down the road to be able to get the job done. During that time, and then also now, you know, the pandemic is still happening. There are still, you know, it's COVID-19 in our community. So what kinds of safety precautions are being taken um, to make sure that all of those involved in the court hearings are safe? I know the courts have worked really hard in putting together some barriers in the jury box, um, plastic barriers. So that way, 
Uh, there's some separation. And I know a lot of the judges allow the jurors to vote amongst themselves whether they want to wear masks or not during the performance of the, of the trial as jurors. And then luckily our new courthouse, there's a lot of physical distancing that can be done in the, in the courtrooms themselves that allows us to not be on top of each other like we were in the past at the old building. And then therefore, uh, witnesses, victims, the court reporter, the judge, uh, and the jurors are far enough separated that based on CDC guidelines, it keeps everybody safe. The biggest hurdle, of course, is assembling all the jurors for jury selection. And the courts have instituted some policies to help keep people separated um, and also to ensure um, that people are safe and giving people some outs. So if they have a health concern with them or their families, that they're able to defer their jury duty to another time. And so we have been uh, doing jury trials for the last couple of months. And so far, things have gone off pretty smoothly without any major interruptions or issues. And uh, we're kind of slowly building up momentum. And by this fall, probably the more significant cases will start to be tried. Uh, you know, rape, murder, kidnapping cases, very serious cases will start up around September. And we'll see a lot of those big time cases getting tried for the next year after that. And so what has been the communication with, for example, clients or victims on, on how the, the case is moving forward, but maybe not at the pace it, it normally would? And I've had quite a few conversations with victims and victims' families. And of course, they're frustrated uh, by the lack of movement, but they also understand that there's nothing that we could have done to prevent this. But I think communication is the key, and we really try to let people know what's going on, what those limitations are. And, and I think for the most part, people are pretty understanding about this isn't something that the system created. This isn't something that the prosecutor's office or the defense attorney or the defendant, anybody created. It was totally outside our control. And so I think the general public understands when they have communications with us that it's going to take some time. And so uh, I think that's the key. Now, um, it, will it take a while for us to dig out? Absolutely. Um, but we're not unique. Johnson County is just like all the other jurisdictions across the country. We've got an immense backlog that prosecutors are facing that we've got to try. And we know we've got a, a big road ahead of us. And so what are some of the local strategies to, to dig out of that backlog? I know that there was um, an item that came before the commissioner's fairly recently where this was discussed. So if you can talk a little bit about that. Sure. And we were lucky enough, uh, we told the, the county commission that um, that backlog has almost doubled our workload on our lawyers. And so I asked for some additional assistance, some warm bodies, so to speak, to, to throw at the backlog. And they were luck. I was lucky enough that uh, they granted me basically a 30-month period where I could have three extra lawyers and a paralegal to work to help us dig out of that. And, and part of our thought process was, you know, we're going to be under a lot of stress to get a lot of cases tried, and we just need some additional resources to be able to mitigate the stress on my staff. And that's something that we talked to the legislature about when they invoked the new statute 
that basically stayed the statutory speedy trial limits for two years to allow prosecutors and the courts to dig out of this. And so we can only try so many cases at one time. You can only bring so many jurors in at the same time um, for safety reasons. And so everyone recognized that. And right now, Johnson County is trying anywhere from three to four jury trials a week, or at least setting that number and trying to get those initial cases tried. We did a little bit unique one, Teresa, in that um, we didn't want to start out with our first jury trials in our new courthouse as murder trials that are going to take three weeks. And so we did uh, initially the first two or three months was to do some of the more minor trials to allow us to figure out how to use that system within the new courthouse. And I was a big supporter of that. Um, the first time we walk into the building to try a jury trial, we don't want it to be a three week murder trial. So uh, that's worked pretty smoothly. We figured things out. And like I said, in September, some of the bigger trials are going to start occurring. And then I'm looking at, you know, probably a year and a half, two years at least just to dig out. Uh, what's further compl complicating the situation is right now our criminal adult filings are, we're at 400 plus cases for the year. And so that was one of the things we talked to the legislature and the county commission about is cases don't stop. So as we're digging out, more cases are coming in the door. And then unfortunately, so far this year, our numbers are actually up from the previous two years. And so that's somewhat concerning as well. And that's why we needed that assistance. Is there anything in particular you attribute that to? You know, the only thing I can think of is that people have been closed in behind uh, their doors at home for so long that when people finally had a little bit of freedom, uh, there's a certain segment of society that went too far uh, with those freedoms and committed criminal acts. You know, the one thing that, our, luckily for us during the pandemic, the, the actual filings went down of criminal cases minus domestic violence cases. And for obvious reasons, people trapped inside, if you have a, a volatile relationship to start with, it only made it worse. And so our domestic violence cases went up, but now that's stabilized. But now, unfortunately, our criminal cases, you know, things like, you know, identity theft, burglary, theft, um, you know, violent crimes like robbery and sexual assault, those have all gone up. And so that's the challenge we face. And I'm just thankful that the county commission agreed to give us some additional resources so we can kind of handle this um, uh, uptick of cases as well. All right. Well, when we're talking about the, the new courthouse, how was that transition getting in there and how much better has it been having all the, the technology in, in the space? Well, we had a few bumps in the road when we first got in because um, we had, you know, 30 below wind chills and we actually froze some of our uh, systems down and caused a water damage to a small portion of the building. So facilities had to deal with that. And then we had some generator problems because actually it got so cold that we couldn't even crank up the generator because of the, the high, uh, excuse me, the low temperature. So we had a few bumps in the road in January and February. And I equate this a lot to, it's no different than you move into an apartment and, or your house, you have a checklist of things that need to be done. And so we really went through that checklist at the, at the tail end of the pandemic, which was actually good. 
that we weren't trying to march thousands of people into this building as we were trying to figure things out. So that that was one positive thing. But now I think we pretty much got our groove on as far as what we're doing and how we do it. Um, the positive thing is that the courtrooms are really set up to allow us to, to have social distancing, which we didn't anticipate when we built the building, but it's it's been a benefit. But the other thing is the technology in the courtrooms. Um, it's so much easier for the attorneys to basically t- take a jump drive, plug it in, and be able to have the court with a few switches get the information up on the screens for the court and the jury to see. So that's been a godsend. Um, and just the additional space uh, afforded to people who are coming into the courthouse and being able to get justice. Um, it, it has been really, really nice and not having to worry about brown water coming out of the pipes, which was, is, I mean, literally we had brown water coming out of the pipes at the courthouse and just the better HVAC systems uh, makes a big difference is keeping people cool and hot. Um, and the security is much better. As we talked about, uh, no longer do inmates walk uh, in chain gangs across the hallways, but they come up and they have very little interaction with the public, and that keeps everybody safe. And so there's so many positive things that come from this building. Um, my office is just incredible and gives us the ability to, to be much more efficient at our jobs by the way we set up the office. So um, we, we probably have one of the top 10 courthouses in the country, and we're going to do our very best as we dig out of this backlog to use all those efficiencies to our advantage. All right. Well, that's great. And I know um, watching the old courthouse come down, I've seen lots of people just park a chair out there and watch it. You know, it's, it's a slow process, but it's kind of impressive to see. I'm sure you have kind of mixed emotions with that, a lot of memories there. Right. And, you know, we saw different parts of it being torn down and um, someone took a picture and said, hey, look, your office is being, you know, you could see your office from uh, when they were pulling off the face of it. And some of the old courtrooms that I tried many cases in front of, uh, especially the, uh, the really big old ones in the old part of the building, 1950s. So some of those courtrooms were just so incredibly beautiful. Now they had no acoustics, they couldn't do technology. They were beautiful courtrooms, but they just didn't work in today's uh, 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 judicial system. So, but it was kind of, it was kind of mixed emotions seeing that come down. Um, but really this building is really gonna be able to serve the people of Johnson County for decades upon decades and really allow us to do a better job of serving the people of Johnson County. So why I, I I have some fond memories. I spent, you know, probably 25 years in that building that's being torn down. I'm very happy that we're here, especially with this, I call it the tub of goo um, that we're facing with the pandemic and the backlog. I'd rather be over here doing that in this building than trying to do it over there in the old building. That makes sense. All right, just last question. If people want to learn more about uh, the Office of the District Attorney, how can they do that? If you go to the Johnson County website, uh, district attorney's website, you can pull up that information. We have information about our different programs, uh, diversion plans that we have in traffic and adult. Um, We also have a bunch of victim services that we can provide. And also one of the things that I really put an emphasis to my staff is getting out into the public and educating the public about what we do and how we can help different parts of our community 
I know we go out and speak to a lot of senior citizen uh, facilities to talk about how they can be safe uh, with technology. And we also go out to the schools uh, and talk to kids about safety as well. So we do a lot of those. And so if you think there's an opportunity for us to come out and educate a, a various uh, types of disciplines, we'd be happy to do that. Um, we're about serving the public. That's what, what our job is, uh, not just the victims and the victims' families, but also how can we prevent crime um, before it happens? And that's one of the things that I think our office does a really, really good job at. So please feel free. And also, um, it's a little difficult now, but those courtrooms are uh, public courtrooms and people can come and watch uh, the proceedings. Now, the judges have limited some of those folks coming in there and they put stuff on YouTube so you can watch the proceedings. But I think in the near future, that's going to go away. And I would invite the public if they want to watch a hearing. Part of our judicial system, it, it is supposed to be uh, open to the public. And that's what uh, what's really important about our judicial system is that there has to be transparency in order to, that people believe in our system. So it's important that people know that, that they can do that at any time. All right. Well, great information there. And thank you so much for taking the time to, to share the details of the backlog and good luck with getting that resolved quickly. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. All right. And thank you for listening. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.